This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. There are many insidious diseases that debilitate people, but one of the worst is Parkinson's. Its level of importance has been highlighted by the famous people like Michael J. Fox and Muhammad Ali, but about 60,000 people a year are afflicted with it, and an estimated 7 to 10 million people around the globe are living with it. But now some new research by a pair of seniors here at the University of Pennsylvania looking at the effectiveness of using motion sensors to gather data, hope that they can do their part. Those two seniors are Alfredo Muniz and Shade Oba, and they have founded a company called Exceed, spelled X-E-E-D, and they join us here in the studio for a little while. Alfredo, Shade, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, the genesis of the idea to 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 look at Parkinson's and, and you kind of gather the data came from where? Who who would like to jump on that? It actually came from a robot, as odd as that sounds. Um, so we're both also roboticists, um, master students here at Penn, and it actually started from a robot that could do anything. And okay. as amazing as that sounds. Um, no one wanted to buy it. You could think of it as a mobile Amazon Echo. Okay. And after a good, you know, half a year or so, a few months trying to actually commercialize it, we realized that it wasn't going to happen. No one wanted this amazing robot, of course, mm. because the Amazon Echo was already out. Yeah. And so what we did is we actually took some sensors in the robot and used them for a different purpose. And after talking to a couple of people, we realized that it could really track fine motor movement very well. Mm-hmm. And again, after just a happen, just a very quick conversation with a physical therapist, we focused in on movement disorders and then focused in even more on Parkinson's disease. This community is really, really hungry mm-hmm. for a new way of tracking the disease. And that's where we uh, hope that our company comes into play. Alfredo? So how, how did this, uh, the, you, you have this idea, so then the, the idea of pushing it forward and using a trackable or developing a trackable wearable device is that the next step in the process? Um, yeah, so the next step was, it was uh, during our studies with the robotics, we realized that if you have a robotic arm, you can make it do anything. So the idea, it's nothing new. Um, people have tried to make human robotic arms, mm-hmm. and we're just using the same principles, but without the hardware. So this is actually the tracking part. Um, where we are now is we have prototypes. So we have an order coming in from China that's about... 100 different of these sensors, and we're going to beta test them with our, our communities here in Philadelphia. So how long has this been in the works? I mean, you mentioned, Chardé, about yeah. it, trying to commercialize this robot. Mm-hmm. So how quick of a process has this been from that point till now? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, it's actually fairly quick. We've been working on this for a little over a year, but the transition from a robot to an actual wearable was about a two-month process. Right. It's a realization of, okay, we need to use only a few sensors. We need to make a wearable. Let's go. And fortunately, we had had enough experience in our past internships um, doing product design or um, bio wearables to be able to come up with a really quick prototype and iteration to mm-hmm. actually start presenting to people. You mentioned uh, talking with a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing that you're getting more and more interest these days from members of the medical community 
Yes. Now that the, now that this story is is kind of making the mainstream media, correct? Yes, um, we actually formed a new partnership with uh, Dr. Chin Plotkin here at Penn Med, um, who has a small group of 250 Parkinson's patients um, that we'll be able to test our device on, which is great. And, a lot of good and, feedback. And how will that all play out? What what's the process that that he's kind of envisioning in terms of tracking all of this motion? Uh, and then what is the hope that that he, that doctors will be able to gather from this process afterwards? Um, so she's really interested in the effectiveness of medication and the kind of treatments that she's um, that she has. So she has she has space in, at the pen tower. And what she wants us to do is participate in this kind of trial where she'll bring in uh, different patients and have them wear the device. Mm-hmm. And these rooms are actually videotaped. So they'll be there for a couple hours each day. Mm-hmm. And. We'll basically monitor them, and the doctor will say, um, is the drug working? Um, are you dyskinetic? Is the drug off? Um, do you need to take medication now? And we'll be tracking that with the data from the wearables. And with that and a little bit of machine learning, we'll be able to hopefully <laughs> hopefully map that to even more people. I'm guessing the hope is by the doctors, and I don't know if you've discussed this with them, is that they they will be able to understand the effectiveness of the medication and whether or not some patients don't require the medication as much as others because of the effects that that they are seeing in these in these studies correct yes that is absolutely correct and on top of that also for the patient themselves many people have the question of okay am i meeting tomorrow at 2 with the other board members of my company right. am i going to be showing signs of having parkinsons how do I prevent that from happening? When do I need to take my medication to prevent that from happening? And you would think that, okay, it's exactly two hours beforehand. But that's not the case for each uh, and every person. And so right. our company aims to have a personalized uh, care for those with Parkinson's disease. So in, the, in terms of the process right now of, of, of building this wearable out, mm-hmm. where are you right now? Yeah, so as I said, we're currently in the manufacturing stage. Not mass manufacturing, but just small prototypes. Right. So our first prototype was, I think over a year ago we made it. It was this really gigantic white box. Um, <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> yeah, basically a bunch of off-the-shelf components. You know, think Arduino kind of thing. Right. Um, that was our first one. And then we made it smaller with a batch of 15 of those. Um, we discovered some problems with it. So now we're on the Mark Three, is what we call it. And this is the one that we want to give to patients and have them try out. So in about a month, that'll be ready. I was going to say, how close is that to it? So, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, when people think about a wearable device, they think Fitbit or, you know, something along that line. Is that the ultimate goal is to pare the size down to something that is similar to that? Yeah, actually, um, if only people could see through a radio. Um, It actually is quite a few millimeters smaller than a Fitbit right now. That's actually what our Mark II is at. And the one that we're currently designing is going to be even thinner. Right. So we don't have to worry about it being bulky. You're not going to attract attention. And ultimately, that's really what our patients want, is to be able to track their disease without other people tracking them. It, it is interesting. And, and I don't know if either one of you had, had had a family member that had Parkinson's, or, you know, and that was where the, the connection came from. But it is interesting that you, you move from one idea of, of marketing a, a quote-unquote robot and then all of a sudden, the, this idea to try and help with the fight against Parkinson's comes up. H- had either of you had somebody that, that was afflicted by Parkinson's? 
No, we don't have a personal family member, but we did have a mentor uh, through our years in college who would like to remain anonymous, sure. um, who did, who does have Parkinson's. And it was this realization after working with this individual for years that we kind of realized that this this disease, um, this issue, was important and needed um, some extra assistance um, from a wearable device such as ours. Yeah, it's like in the Stone Age because they don't have the tools, even though we have all this technology. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot that we don't know about Parkinson's, and that's because they don't have the tools necessary to objectively quantify what's going on. Right. It is interesting, though, just off of what you said, Shode, is that you mentioned uh, this person that you work with, a mentor, that obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, wants to stay anonymous. But also you mentioned, you know, a a CEO of a company that may be battling Parkinson's that doesn't want to show Outwardly. So we're talking about a disease that, that, as we said, afflicts so many people, and and it has a stigma that's attached to it in terms of the the person that is dealing with it, but also within people within society still. Yes. And that's one of the, I won't call it a struggle, but that's one of the focus points of our company is how do we provide this service that gives our patients so much information but doesn't leak information to other people? Sure. Um, and it still is, it's something that's accepted, Parkinson's disease. It's not like anyone's going to run away from you with it. It's not contagious. Sure, yeah. But it is something that you don't want to let people know because you are slowly deteriorating over time and you can't control that. Um, so we're trying to find a way. That gives our uh, to give our patients a lot of information on how they can better their everyday lives, without necessarily broadcasting to the world that they have Parkinson's disease, and that comes with a very small wearable and a phone application um, right. that they can track their information, and then they can choose who they want to share it to, whether it be their physical therapist or it be their physician, or it be a family member who's also taking care of them or a close caretaker. Right. I guess that's the way to, to, to try and build this out. Like many things right now, the medical community is if you have the access to have a wearable of some kind, to be able to have it connect to your smartphone or to your to your iPad, whatever laptop it is, so that you have that information available so that you can pass that on to a physical therapist, a doctor, whoever it might be, correct? Correct. And the, one of the interesting challenges is exactly how much information to share. Some people want yeah. every single data point. Yeah. They want to know exactly how their arm is moving. Some people just want to know when they're leaning on the table for too long. Because that's one, that's one of the symptoms. You're just leaning on the table. Huh. You don't really realize it until you're, you're hunched over. Right. Um, and some people want simple information like that. Oh, can you buzz me when I'm doing that? That's all I really want to know. Well, how do we personalize the information on the app such as that? What other p- bits of information do patients want to know? And then how yeah. do we overlap that with what therapists want? And what physicians want. And so that's one of the things that we're currently doing as far as our software development is concerned, is how to have a unified, easy-to-use interface that caters to each and every person. How much of a learning experience, Alfredo, has this been for you in terms of, I mean, you're used to, as an engineering student, you've kind of followed one path, and now you're kind of going down a fairly different path at this point. And I'm sure this is, you know, it's, it's... by the day, by the month, you're you're gleaming a lot more about something that maybe you didn't have as much knowledge about a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been uh, Charday and I's kind of typical college experience. So we haven't really been satisfied with just, you know, doing one thing, learning one thing. Right. So even though she's a mechanical engineer and I'm an electrical engineer, during our time at Penn, we had so many resources that we just basically went crazy with learning a bunch of different things. Uh, taking advantage of, you know, the other students that can help us and the professors. So 
yeah, I mean, it's all new things, but I think we're kind of used to always learning new things and always pushing ourselves and just really discovering. I think we find that a lot of fun. So <laughs> Similar for you? Yes, I was about to say this is the most focused we've ever been. Um, <laughs> we've done a wide variety of projects together the past couple of years. Um, we just never thought we'd come back to a medical device. Um, we actually both, we've known each other for about nine years now. We went yeah. to a high school for health professions. And we vowed after, you know, spending four years shadowing doctors that we would never do anything in the medical field ever again. <laughs> Lo and behold, we graduate college and the first thing we do is start a medical device company. Um, and so it's been interesting to come full circle and be this focused on one a specific thing. I'm guessing the majority of, of your time is being spent now on this device. Are you? Do you already have thought processes of of other areas that you would like to focus on in in terms of the potential for this device, some other realm or an, another area that you'd like to focus on as well? Yes, actually. So I mentioned earlier um, movement disorders. Yeah. So right now we're focusing on one of many movement disorders, right. which is Parkinson's disease um, at our prime. We hope to move forward and actually expand to other movement disorders, multiple sclerosis, or even the rehabilitation of stroke patients to really hit on all those people who need to track exactly how they're moving on a daily basis who right. may not actually have a cure in the moment and just need to know, okay, how can I be better at this exact time tomorrow? So uh, the, having this company and, and, and seeing it develop, uh, you know, in the short time that, that you've had it put together, what's that, be, what's that been like for you, Alfredo? It's been really crazy. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've had to make trade-offs. You know, you, you can't be a superhuman and do everything perfect all the time. So... I mean, obviously, our grades suffered a little bit, but, you know, we graduated, so it's, <laughs> and we got this prize. You're so. not worried about the grades now at no. this point. It, it, it was worth it. it. It was definitely worth it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been fast. It's been crazy. People have been contacting us left and right. Yeah. Every time there's a news article, um, there's always a new partner that wants to try out our devices in their clinic. Yeah. There's always um, new patients that just want a beta test. You know, how can I help? Um, there's also people from companies that are like owners of manufacturing companies that are like, I have Parkinson's. Um, I do this sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. My life experiences, maybe I can help you. I, and I'm guessing it, it, I've seen it a couple of articles that I guess you are receiving support from, from various foundations that obviously have a, have an interest in this uh, as well. Correct. Yeah. So not in stone, we're actually okay. having conversations with a couple of other research foundations on how we may be able to potentially partner with each other right. or work together in general um, towards helping people with this condition. Uh, but we don't know the extent of those partnerships yet, so it's still to come. But similar to what Alfredo said, you probably have had conversations with, with I would think, quite a few people within the last few months that that have said, yes, uh, Parkinson's either affected my life a family member or that person themselves. And, and I think you don't understand until you truly get into it, the scope of what Parkinson's has become, not only here in the United States, but but around the world. Yes. Yes. It's actually highly likely that someone knows someone with Parkinson's, whether yeah. it be a family member or just someone you've run into. It's kind of like the conversation a lot of people have had, you know, cancer yes. for, for a long yes. time. Yes. And it's highly likely that you know someone uh, who at least knows someone with uh, cancer. 
And so, yes, the network is expanding. We've been contacted by a lot of people. Um, we're trying to reel all that in and make sure that we are able to not necessarily to cater to each uh, to each person, but mm-hmm. manage it in a way in which it fits within the timeline of growth within our company. Right. And that's one of the fun things on the entrepreneurship side is, you know, how do you, how can we make sure that all these people fit into our timeline? Is it possible? And yeah. making certain trade offs. So the, the the device that you're working on right now, I, I believe you said it's like a third version that, that has been in the process. Is the third version going to be the one you think that will be the one that has the opportunity to be out there in the in the market and, and be used, or are there still pieces that you're still tinkering with and and trying to make the the device better at this point? So not in the market, um, not for sale yet, anyway. Okay. Because of uh, you know government regulations, uh, the Federal Communications Commission, and also potentially the FDA. Okay. Um, those are certifications that we must have before we're able to actually sell um, the physical device. However, the service can be sold. and But at this point, we're not interested in making money yet. We're just interested in refining the device. So there's still a couple, I think one or two more iterations before we can actually go into mass manufacturing and legally sell the device. The FDA, obviously I understand. The FCC, though, probably would catch a lot of people off guard in terms of how you need to have approval from the FCC. Is it because of the data that is being collected, or what is the process with that? It's actually just because of our wireless communication. Okay. Um, so if you wirelessly communicate or in your device that you're making, um, then you actually need to have this certification. Now it's a kind of a gray area when you're buying someone else's chip off the off the market, or okay. if you're designing your own. But currently, at our stage, we would need FCC approval to be able to do that. However, um, recent development is that that certification might actually be enveloped in an FDA approval because it's all for safety. It's to make sure, sure. that you're yeah. not radiating people who are uh, wearing your device. You know, no, sure. one, no one wants extra radiation. That's not something you know you no. want to order. Um, so, you know, uh, with the FDA, you know, the end all be all. It's a pretty good um, certification to have um, would encompass FCC. But seemingly that if you encompass the, t- the two uh, the two sides in one thing, it would it would potentially speed up the process of getting that approval. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, FCC is quick. It's about one to two weeks. Um, but the oh, FDA wow. is like a couple months, about three to six months. How far away do you think you are at this point from actually making that 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 foray to the FDA and saying, "Listen, we we have this ready. We we want to bring this forward." By the end of the year, 2017. So it's actually oh. we're not we're not actually that far away. What helps is to have a physician on hand who has a set of patients that they're doing studies on. So you're able to do a trial, yeah. uh, beta test, um, is one of the ways it's called. And now that we have those individuals and our new devices are being made, and the only thing that's really being tweaked is the software, mm-hmm. we're almost at that point after you know a few months of actually testing with these individuals and nothing too crazy going wrong to be able to approach the FDA and get the process started. And the testing process won't take that long, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'll, what, over, what, a three to, three to four month period, mm-hmm. you'll be able to collect the data that, that exactly. the doctors would like to have? Exactly. That's yeah. that, that's amazing. 844 Wharton is the number if you'd like to jump in and uh, join the conversation. We're talking with Alfredo Muniz and uh, Charday Oba, who have uh, started a company called Exceed. They're in the process of developing out a wearable device to help uh, with the fight against Parkinson's disease. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. I guess in this day and age, to be able to 
to tackle something like Parkinson's, especially with the fact that it it involves motion and 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 movement, that a wearable device and collecting the data is the easiest way to do that these days because of the technology, because of the ability to process the data in quite a quicker fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, this technology, as I said, it's not new. Um, there are companies, Great Lakes Neurotechnology, and um, there's other companies, APDM, that have these sort of devices. But the problem is is that they're really expensive. We're, we're talking about a hospital will only have like one or two of these just because they can't sure. afford to give one to each patient, let alone have one have them take it home. So what we're doing here is we're creating a new price point, bringing that sort of technology to the consumer, to the patients, to everyone that needs it. I I I just have to think that, that you know when you guys started at Penn a few years ago, this was this was not the path that that, that you originally thought that you were going to go down. Correct. Correct. We both thought that we would end up at product design firms in California with all of our other peers. You know, the whole Lime Lab sort of deal or working at any other, you know, famous design firm um, and just creating a lot of cool components there. Yeah. You know, it may even have uh, crossed over to the wearable space, but nothing as specific as this. Alfredo? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, when you enter engineering, you know, the dream is California. Yeah. Working for Apple or you know, Google. But, you know, once you intern there, it's kind of like, oh, that's it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And move on quickly. Yes. Move on very, very quickly. (laughs) It has to, though, feel very good that that you've kind of taken this down this road and the potential of whatever level of help this type of device can give to the medical community towards the fight against Parkinson's. It has to feel very good that 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 you've gone down this path and, and that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel on this. Yeah, this has been the most rewarding thing. I think the light isn't as bright as we would want because once you start working in the Parkinson space, the biggest light, the brightest light, the actual end of the tunnel yeah. is a cure. Yeah. Our company does not provide a cure. We don't right. advertise that. It's because it's not possible on our end. Uh, but we, what we do strive for is to make all the other moments of your life um, easier for you, more bearable for you, more manageable. So you feel as if you have some of the control back yeah. that the disease has taken from you. And that's the best uh, thing that we can provide. And that's what we get the greatest feedback um, on. And that's what people get excited about. When we get these emails, when we get these calls, when people stop us on the street because they recognize us from a newspaper article, yeah. it's um, this deal where we're helping the community, a community that sometimes gets looked over and passed through because, oh, it's been there for a while and there's right. no improvement, um, that we're in this space and that we're making active change and we're moving as quickly as we can. Uh, people really, really appreciate that and are getting really excited about it. You get that too? Oh, yeah. I mean, our desks are right next to each other. so <laughs> Yeah, right. So I'm guessing you don't have a palatial uh, office that's overlooking... Uh, you know, the the Delaware River at this point, right? Well, in August, we'll actually be moving into the Pinnovation space. That's right. Which That's is right. really nice. Um, so we'll actually be as close as we can get at this early stage to looking over and seeing all those amazing things. What is your hope then uh, then for the company in general when you're, t- I mean, obviously you're focused now on, on this device, but what is it that you would like to, you know, take this company going forward in the next 10 to 15 years? 
Well, next in the next 10 to 15 years, I think we definitely want to get acquired because at that point in time, we'd want to be able to expand our outreach to the point where a smaller startup wouldn't be able to do that. We right. need larger scale, large company industry resources. Right. Uh, but in the next five years, again, it's the whole expanding to other movement disorders, tackling Parkinson's, having a good network of therapists and physicians in this area to help yeah. continue improving therapy regimens or knowing which medications are best for each patient and when they need to be taken and when, and then moving on to other conditions that also need the same treatment that the Parkinson's community is now getting from Exceed. It's nice meeting you both. We wish you all the best. Thank, Thank you very much for coming over today. They biked over to the studio from another part of Philadelphia. That's why I said the heat is a, is an issue here uh, today in Philadelphia. Nice meeting you both. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Thank Great you. to appreciate it. Uh, Shade Oba and uh, Alfredo Muniz. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.